Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Dale Scott's been missing. My son is missing? The only thing they have in common. Your son ran away? So did mine. How richly bizarre. Can you get a picture? Happened 17 years ago. There he is. <laughs> oh, he's handsome. Thank you. <laughs> what is this, a joke? Hello? Who is the father? The truth is, I don't know. Please just find him. At least we know he ate. Welcome to Rewatchability. We are a podcast on the Entertainment One Podcast Network. I'm Robert Larone. With me, as always, is J.M. McNabb. And we have a very special movie, a movie going out to all the dads out there. Father's Day is coming up. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate the dads. Like, sure. Like, you're a dad, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's got to be like a big, a big time in your life. Like, do your, do your kids like give you like Father's Day presents, like hand-drawn cards and stuff like that, school activities? Yeah, they have in the past. Which I should mention, yeah, we, we are doing this podcast in the morning for the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, which... Yeah, you might notice a more sedate tone in our voice. We're drinking... Uh, coffee instead yeah. of alcohol. <laughs> the yeah, sun it's, is uh, it's we should have more of like a a Regis and Kathy Lee vibe, and less of a. Both of those people don't host that show anymore. I don't know why. <laughs> no, it's who? Uh, who is it now? Isn't it Kelly and uh, Kelly? What's She's still face? there. The guy from American Idol. Oh, I don't even know if he's on American Idol anymore. He, you know what's his name? Ryan Seacrest. Yeah, it's that the makes two sense. of them. We're we're like them, is my point. I'm Kelly. Damn it. <laughs> well, we are talking about, you know, apropos of the upcoming holiday, we are talking about the movie Father's Day, directed by famous dad Ivan Reitman. <laughs> so I hope that uh, one day I'll be, my kids will give me a hand-drawn card and I'll give them the Ghostbusters franchise. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it doesn't seem like a fair trade. Yeah, and their entire careers. I mean, you know, <laughs> both of his kids doing quite well, uh, you know. But uh, Well, that's super. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this it's a movie starring Robin Williams, Billy Crystal, 
it was, I don't know, it wasn't a big movie, but uh, I think it so, sort of slipped under the radar. There were really? high expectations. I remember, it, I remember it being, like, really hyped up. Do you? Time. Yeah. Uh, actually, quickly, I do want to say thank you to the Patreon donors. That's right. com slash rewatchability. Uh, yeah. But now that we're talking about Father's Day, I remember it being, like, a big deal. Like, maybe it wasn't, I don't think it had much of a cultural impact, but I remember, right. like, it being advertised constantly. Billy Crystal and Robin Williams were on Friends. Right. Because Warner Brothers was... And it was also Ivan Reitman. So it was kind of like this trifecta of of comedy talent. Like, Robin Williams and, and Billy Crystal, I know they'd done the comic relief stuff, but mm-hmm. having them together in a movie, I just remember being like a big deal. It, and then, it seems crazy. Yeah, Can you have that much talent in a movie? And then having Ivan Reitman on top of that, it made it seem like it was going to be a big deal, but... Yeah, when the movie came out, it was kind of like people went to see it at Father's Day, and then no one talked about it again until right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> until I feel like this morning. Yeah, the the culture collectively like sucked it into into forgetfulness. It just it went nowhere. It had like no no reverberation at all. You know, I have a theory about that, and my theory oh. might be that it was a movie called Father's Day about two guys who are not fathers. <laughs> Yes, that is a good point. I mean, their father is for the day. That's I mean, true. if the movie takes place during the day, maybe it spans over several days. Could is be that father's what Father's days. Day is supposed to be? It's about grown men who aren't fathers abducting children and <laughs> attempting to parent them? Uh, you know, I think it's a little different for everyone. Okay. For All every right. father. So when was the first time that you saw this movie, JM? Uh, I saw it in the theater. With your dad? I did see it with my dad. Ah. But I don't remember it being, like, a thing we did for Father's Day. I think Mm. it was just, like, the new big comedy with Robin Williams, so we went to go see it. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't, like... Because we went to see movies together all the time, so it wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't a thing we did specifically. I think it was Mm -hmm. incidental that it was about fathers, is my point. But I remember it being, like, really crowded in the theater. It was probably opening weekend. It was probably that Father's Day weekend. I'm not sure when it opened. Yeah, I'm trying Uh, to look now. May 9th. What? (laughs) Yeah, so it's a little bit early there. (laughs) The fuck, Ivan Reitman? (laughs) (laughs) It seems pretty simple to release this the week of Father's Day. I mean, well, yeah, because I was thinking about this and thinking this was kind of like, uh, you know, the the predecessor to like the Gary Marshall mm-hmm. plan of of just cobbling <laughs> together a movie, the, the Gary Marshall plan, <laughs> the Gary Marshall Accord of That's 1998. Funny. Or whenever he first started doing that. But like that that idea of like we'll throw together a comedy with people you know, mm-hmm. we'll name it after a holiday, and then if the movie comes out that weekend or maybe the weekend before, we at least know that some people will go see it because of that association and then it will just kind of drop off and you know, maybe play on TV around that time or have some mm-hmm. kind of association with that holiday. So I'm really surprised that this came out in May. Maybe Ivan Reitman was workshopping it for Gary Marshall, the whole concept. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, we start before Father's Day, maybe in anticipation, but, you know, I don't know. Nobody thinks about Father's Day until, like, three days before Father's Day, so. I guess maybe they were thinking, yeah, right. <laughs> I-, I guess maybe they were thinking, like, well, we'll release it, and it'll be big because it's Robin and Billy, and then it'll have this kind of, like, 
bump in June where everyone goes to see it again or because of <laughs> Father's Day. Like maybe they mm-hmm. were yeah, planning long term. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they got those uh those second watches. <laughs> <laughs> well no, I yeah, I don't remember anyone ever mentioning this movie again until you brought it up for the podcast or maybe dude we may, we may have mentioned it because we did city slickers on the yeah. show not that long ago and this is way too short amount of an amount of time to do between billy crystal comedies written by uh lowell gans and babaloo mandel what were i we feel thinking? that way as well <laughs> what about you rob when did you see it i i don't have any strong memories of this i saw it i think on the movie network i was at the age where I thought Robin Williams was the funniest thing ever. And I thought Billy Crystal was pretty funny as well. Even though I think this is probably like, you know, a little bit in Robin Williams, like career slump, like when he was starting to do like the movies that were like a little bit maudlin and uh, the ones that were like not so much comedies. So I think, you know, maybe he had sort of like diminished a little bit in my eyes, but I was still hoping for like some of those like classic 80s and early 90s energetic performances, you know, that I, you know, that as a kid, I was so into, obviously, like, with Aladdin and everything, he just sort of mm-hmm. became like the comic icon for um, all of us. But yeah, I didn't really remember this movie. And I was sort of a little bit surprised when I saw it, it was like Robin Williams and Billy Crystal did a movie together. And then I was like, Oh, right. So I don't, I, you know, I thought it would be worth rewatching to see, like, maybe there is some, like, maybe it's an undiscovered comic gem. I mean, when you look at the credits, Ivan Reitman, you have Billy and Robin, you have Julia Louis-Dreyfus, right, who yeah. is amazing. It should be a hit. And this was also right, you know, smack dab in the middle of uh, Seinfeld. So that was also a big deal to me as a kid, was that Julia right. Louis-Dreyfus was in it, because I was a big Seinfeld fan. Yeah. So I I remember, I didn't say how I reacted to it, but I remember it being like, okay. Like, I I think, I remember everyone laughing in the theater, but, you know, it wasn't something I ever felt like I needed to revisit. Mm-hmm. But we did anyway. We <laughs> did was, anyway. the premise of the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you want to do the rundown? Because there, there are some crazy things in this movie that I did not, Remember, there are definitely some things in this movie. Well, I mean, it starts innocuously enough with a nice Paul McCartney song. Yeah, that was weird, too. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's sort of like a later era McCartney. It's a little soft. Uh, It's as it notes in the credits, generally licensed by MPL Productions. So I imagine Paul had to go into the big corporate office and talk to the boss at MPL, you know, in order to get them. It's about fathers and being a father and having a day for you, you know, for all the fathers. It's more of a John Lennon. (laughs) They all sound the same. (laughs) It is his production company. So it's weird that he has to, like, put this, like, big, you know, license under consideration by MPL when it's just Paul McCartney gave him the song. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) It did sound like I was listening, but I didn't even know, realize it was him. And I was like, this sounds kind of familiar. And then I was like, oh, I think this sounds like another Paul McCartney song. Yeah. <laughs> Probably from the 80s. But yeah, Paul McCartney. I, it's, it's not exactly Hey Jude. It's a little bit like also on the nose of the, uh, of the themes of the movie. I don't know if he wrote it like specifically for the film. Maybe as like a you know, favorite to his pal Ivan or, or what. But it's... Uh, yeah. I don't know. Are they friends? I assume so. I mean... I don't know. This movie has like a lot of the. I, this is like, to me, it seems like Ivan Reitman's 
this is 40 movie, you know, where he's like super successful. He knows lots of people. He can get anyone in his movies and he has like nothing to say or do, you know, <laughs> I guess we'll get Paul McCartney. I, uh, we did get Paul McCartney, but yeah. And it's all, it's all played over this like montage of different moments of this kid growing up. We don't know who this kid is. And then at the end, well, it's, like, it is weird because it's the real kids or the real actors, like photos from his youth, mm-hmm. which is weird. Like, do you get paid extra as an actor if they're like, we want your whole life to play <laughs> before the opening credits? Yeah, it seems like you should. Yeah, right? Yeah. Hey, do you know who that kid is? He's Peggy's boyfriend from Mad Men. Yeah, Abe. <laughs> that guy sucks. Yeah, I don't. I just, yeah. I remember him being nice at first, and then I don't remember what happened. I think he just becomes a loser, and then Peggy, you know. I think Lane Price. Lane Price tried to murder him, and he ran away. <laughs> right, exactly. From my recollection. We'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. But, so that whole happens. Cut to Billy Crystal. He is a high-powered lawyer. We see him in a courthouse talking about lawyerly things. He says the word lawyerly because they did a lot of research into how lawyers work for this movie. <laughs> but he sees this beautiful woman. And so he stops whatever he's doing to talk to her. And it turns out that this is an ex-girlfriend of his, Natasha Kinski. And she tells him that, well, big news, she has a son and it's his kid. And this kid has gone missing. And she wants him to sort of step up and help find her and his kid. Mm-hmm. And Billy Crystal is a little bit surprised. I mean, he doesn't have kids. He's not like a kid's person. He doesn't really know what to do. So he doesn't really want any part of it. This character is a real man's man. He's a real <laughs> yeah. tough guy. Oh, he, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the the biggest trait of this character is that he loves headbutting people. <laughs> <laughs> he loves headbutting people, and he hates crying and people who cry. And yeah, he's, and he's played by noted alpha male Billy Crystal. Yeah, I kept on thinking throughout this movie that like they wanted to get somebody like Clint Eastwood or like it should have been like a tough guy, you know, well, like I, one of those Ivan Reitman. So I was like, was this Schwarzenegger at first? Maybe. Oh, because that would make sense. That would make sense. Yeah, I I I would be interested to hear if that was uh if that was true, but I didn't find any information about that on the internet, presumably because nobody wants to write anything about this dumb movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> but so he's not going to help. So cut to Robin Williams. He's in his apartment. He is a failed playwright and he is burning all of his writing and he is going to commit suicide. And yeah, what, why is this the introduction for this character? I mean, it's uncomfortable because Robin Williams sadly took his own life. It's really hard to watch, yeah. And then on top of that, even if there wasn't that context, it's really gross to introduce your character. Like, like he literally has a gun in his mouth when he gets the phone call from Natasha Kinski. Yeah. It's just dark, like... How many people went to this movie with their dads being like, we're going to see Father's <laughs> Day, and it's just 
Robin Williams. And, but it's also like, it's it's not, I I could see that moment working if it was like, actually, you know, we're supposed to feel for this character. It's supposed to be dramatic, but it's supposed to be funny because he answers it and the gun's still in his mouth so he doesn't talk properly. The music's like, bum, 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 bum. you know, it's <laughs> like, they don't lean into the pathos in it. It's supposed to be hilarious that this guy's life is in shambles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could be funny in certain contexts, but it's it's not here. No. And also, I, yeah, just because of, you know, everything with Robin Williams, it's just really hard to watch because you can't not think about it. And uh, yeah. it's sad. It's just really sad. But his life is saved, thankfully, uh, by a phone call from Natasha Kinski saying that she has a son and it is, in fact, his son. And he should go and look for him. And he is sort of excited about this because he has nothing to live for. (laughs) So this feels a big hole in his life. My son is missing? We think he's up here. Here in San Francisco? Since you live here and you're always so understanding. Oh, psychic sometimes. But you really seem to have a full plate. Colette, I know I seem a little... Fuzzy. I can focus. Let me try this. I can do it. My son needs me. But they all, we also get scenes where it's like they're they're like, well, we got to get Robin to do his shtick for like the trailer. But it mm-hmm. doesn't even make sense. Like there's a scene where he's like trying on outfits and like doing yeah. different voices of introducing himself to his son in the mirror. But like. You know, his ex-girlfriend just told him that his potential son has run away and is Mm -hmm. in danger. This is like, why would you take 45 minutes to, like, do different voices about, like, meeting him? Like, he could be, like, in a gutter somewhere. Like, get uh, on a bus. Go do something. Poor parenting skills. That's for sure. (laughs) But Billy Crystal... Also, the scheme doesn't even really make any sense. Like, I don't really understand why Natasha Kinski felt like she had to tell these two guys to do it. Like, it seems like the time she takes, like, traveling around mm-hmm. the city, two different cities, right? To... Yeah. I guess she phones well, She Williams. calls, yeah. Yeah, and then she goes to see Billy Crystal. But it takes at least, like, a day to sort of orchestrate this. And then... Yeah, but, like, couldn't she have been, like, doing some of this lead work? Couldn't she have been talking to the police? Hire a private investigator. Mm -hmm. Ask some friends to do this. Mm -hmm. Why does it have to be these two guys looking into this? It really just makes things way more complicated. It's an absurd premise. And also, like, we later find out that, spoiler, neither of them are their father. It's like... Such a cruel thing to do, you know? It really is. Like, I mean, Robin Williams is, like, on the edge. Mm -hmm. if this movie had played out slightly differently, it would not have had a happy ending for his character. No. And also, the kid's biological dad and his real dad is Bruce Greenwood. Great dad! He's Yeah, and he's also there, and he's also trying to... Like, there's a lot of people trying to find him. And then it's like... The kid is basically just on a school trip, basically. He's just on a trip with his friends. I mean, we'll get into it, but okay. uh, where, where they actually are. But it's, like, not that bad. It's I not mean, dangerous. It's just embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But it's just, it's so weird that she would, do, like, it, it. there's no, like, I could understand if, like, Billy Crystal was, like, a P.I., 
Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm going to get some free PI services from this guy I used to date by telling him this lie that's, yeah, kind of an unforgivable deception. But he's a lawyer, and the other guy is a mess. It's There's no <laughs> reason why you would want to entrust these two guys to do anything. No, yeah. Well, I mean, it seems like Bruce Greenwood is initially not – I mean, I guess – it's supposed to be the man's job to do this, right? And Bruce Greenwood doesn't seem to be willing to do it at well, he, first. He had a fight with the kid. That's why right. the, kid, the kid Scott ran yeah. away. Scotty, uh, yeah. Let's just call him Abe. <laughs> but yeah. uh, And also Bruce Greenwood in this movie is dressed like Ned Flanders for some exactly reason. Exactly <laughs> like Ned Flanders. <laughs> I thought the same thing. He has the mustache. He has the sweater with yeah. the uh, collar poking out. Yeah. He he looks like one of those guys in like that Ned Flanders cover <laughs> band <laughs> yeah. that pops up on the internet from time to time. <laughs> yeah. Also, I mean, we'll get into his part later, but they... He does. He does not. He does not get any respect in this movie. You know, no. like, I feel like he deserves a little bit better than that. That's totally that's Captain Pike for Christ's sakes. Mm -hmm. That's know? that's my president. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But so they go and look, start looking for this kid, Billy Crystal. He happens to be in San Francisco for business, and he gets held over. So he might as well. And so he goes and speaks to his girlfriend's dad, who is played by former SNL alum Charles Rocket, and he's like right. a mechanic and uh you know the guy he hasn't spoken to the police he won't talk to the mom or bruce greenwood so billy crystal he goes in there and uh, does what billy crystal does best <laughs> kicks some motherfucking ass <laughs> bam way in the groin bam headbutt what is happening this guy <laughs> is towers above billy crystal mm -hmm. he's a mechanic there are like eight other mechanics in the other room that are his friends and coworkers, and Billy Crystal, ah, the way he gets the information is by physical intimidation mm -hmm. from Billy Crystal. <laughs> I don't. I rewound the scene to make sure that I hadn't missed something. That it was in a dream sequence or something. Yeah, like it seems like you could have maybe set this up. Like if he's a lawyer, maybe he, you know, he's prosecuting the mob and so he's become a tough guy he's learned to like handle himself maybe right. there's like a scene where you know there's like somebody who's giving him grief and he has to like you know rough him up a little bit you could like maybe establish yeah um, totally that. or or uh don't cast billy crystal <laughs> you could also do that yeah that would be a wise move as well yeah this movie like suffers from i mean they try to make billy crystal the straight man but he's not one of those he's only sort of charming and entertaining when he can do his shtick but his shtick is like pretty similar to robin williams shtick you know like yeah they're both the characters very the voices you know so yeah it, it's uh, he, he seems like he's like lost in this performance like he doesn't really know what to do he just seems like very bitter it's like the first part of city slickers for like two hours you know well it's also like he never I mean... finds his smile <laughs> He also, you know, very shortly he runs into Robin Williams, who tells him he's also looking for his son. They don't realize mm -hmm. it's the same one, so they mm -hmm. team up. And, you know, the rest of the movie is basically like a road trip with these two guys, one of, them, one of whom is like a humorless married guy and the other is like, uh, you know, a bit more carefree and is sad and, you know, doesn't have the same personal boundary issues as the other guy. Like it, it – it, wants to be planes trains and automobiles basically. oh yeah like, that's so a better version of this movie but that movie worked 
<laughs> and yeah. and this movie never has that chemistry. And I think part of the reason is because Steve Martin in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles commits to not being funny. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, or, or his humor is going to come from like the character reacting to the things. He's not going to be making jokes. He's not going to be quipping. He's not going to be doing that. He's going to let John Candy be the funny one, and he'll be the straight one. And Billy Crystal cannot keep himself from being Billy Crystal. He cannot stop cracking jokes, which just makes it seem like they're already two friends who are like pretending to not like each other when they clearly (laughs) are riffing constantly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Billy Crystal doesn't know how to react. I think that's the thing. Like he doesn't react to anything that Robin Williams does. He just has that like, you know, sort of like that pursed lip look. Right. It's uh, it doesn't work. But yeah, so they eventually go looking for the kid and they go to like a marina and they talk to the girlfriend's mom. And then that's where they find out that uh, they are, in fact, looking for the same kid. Yeah. And And it it could not be where the kid is could not be there. If you were to spend a month trying to think of a more 90s reason why this kid has disappeared, maybe Pog Convention. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But yeah. what we get is is pretty pretty darn nineties. It's so nineties. It's it's in fact the most nineties. Yeah, he is in fact, you know, like a lot of youths. He follows a band that is important to him. You know, one of those bands that establishes a genre is important to everybody. I'm talking about Sugar Ray, the Grateful Dead of 1997. That's right, Sugar that's right. Ray. Yeah, and uh, yeah. This movie, I mean, okay, let's talk about Sugar Ray for a minute. Let's do it. This is not incidental. Sugar Ray is a major component of this movie. They're a huge component of this movie. And, like, it turns out, so the kid, Abe, is basically following this band because, you know, his girlfriend is there. And she is basically, I mean, she's sleeping with Mark McGrath. <laughs> And they're, like, you know, making out on stage. They have, like, the grossest relationship ever, particularly because presumably she's not an adult. But, yeah, the kid is, what is he, 16 or 17? They say that, they keep saying that the mom and the dad, whoever it was, hooked up 17 years ago. So that makes him, like, not yet 17. Right. Okay, so... He's a 16-year-old kid. Maybe he's dating an older woman. He could be, but... He could have that sort of game. This is a movie where Mark McGrath plays himself, and it very heavily implies that he is sleeping with an underage girl. Was that worth it? I don't know. I mean, I think okay. about like at this point, Sugar Ray, I think had yet to had yet to break. This was well, before that, yeah. Fly. Which well, that's was the other thing. Huge hit. That's the other problem with this movie <laughs> is they don't the problem, play Fly. They don't play Fly. Well, no, because like this is a movie about like. This kid is part of the dangerous world of rock and roll. Mm-hmm. This is movie. This movie is a le- is less about fathers and more about the corrupting influence of Sugar Ray, because Absolutely. it's it's you know it's all of these like gothy punk kids and drug dealers and all of these you know these uh, freaky people. Some of them freaky seem to cross genders, right? And they in all- San Francisco of all places, <laughs> it's the first time hearing of it. But they all follow Sugar Ray across the country. <laughs> I, mean, I can't say it with a straight face. 
they're all following Sugar Ray, but it's supposed to be like this edgy rock show. Like, I guess maybe they were like more of a harder band when they started. But so, because when we see them, like they're, you know, it's a bit more like, you know, like a, a rock show. It's supposed to be it's edgy, punky. is my point. It's supposed to be dangerous. It's supposed to be, you know, something that the kids are up to. But yeah, the, that Sugar Ray song, like they maybe weren't famous when this was made, but shortly after that, they became very famous for, <laughs> I don't know how to say this char- charitably, a really wimpy song, like a really poppy. That song sucks. It sucks. And it's also, it's not edgy. It's not dangerous. It's no. not anything like the attendance at the concerts in this movie would suggest. So it's just, it's weird to think like, I I don't know. It's like fine. It's like having to rescue their kid from like following Hanson around the country or like, yeah. you know, there's, there's no reason to worry about your kid. If they're at a goddamn sugar Ray, <laughs> they'll concert. be fine. Nikki, can't we just talk Not now, Scotty? I'm going to dance on stage. Hey, look, everybody's tired of you. All right. Enough. All right. Will you stop this? This has gone on long enough. Okay. Scotty was true. Yeah. Nikki, too. can you do me a favor? And explain to Scott that which is painfully obvious to everybody but him. Okay. This is none of your business. Maybe, but you need to hear this. Nikki, he's not going to believe it unless you tell him yourself. So, yeah, weird, weird stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, but they eventually get the boy, and he is super drunk, and they take him back to a hotel room, and this is where the second most uncomfortable part yeah. of the movie comes in. So he's wait, f- wait. First of all, before we get to this, they have him like he is unconscious. He's like drunk. He's a kid. They can't like wake him. He's mm-hmm. not communicative, and so they just like haul him back weekend at Bernie style to their hotel room and are just flopping him around all over the place. Like take him to the hospital. Yeah. Why I think this movie takes place in an alternate universe where emergency <laughs> services don't exist because no one's calling the police, no one's going to the hospital. <laughs> it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a sick world. They're, that's how they, this is just how they solve all their problems. <laughs> They're like the kids not waking up. Should we call an ex and and tell them that, <laughs> that he's their child and they can come over and help? That's just how people solve problems in this world. It seems to be. It does seem to be. But they take this kid up to the hotel room, and Robin Williams is, you know, trying to get this kid cleaned up. And Billy Crystal calls for a valet, and so this guy comes up, and he sees these two adults with this child. And he seems to think that it's like a sexual thing yeah well because he's unconscious and in the shower and they're like they mine a lot of humor i think they try to but it's way too horrifying to be funny yeah so they're like this guy the the valet you know he pretends not to see anything like it's just like you know normal adult stuff doing their business well to presume it's it's mind-boggling and yeah, so yeah, he sees like them with an unconscious child, and he's like, "What? Whatever you guys are up to, like, don't worry about." 
I'm like, I won't tell. It's like, what? Why Why would tell. you tell? Tell someone. Call anyone. And then, like, later there's a scene where that same guy runs into Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and he kind of alludes to seeing something. And she's like, what? And he's like, don't worry. I've seen worse. You've seen worse? What? No. Why? Yeah. Have you no conscience? Why is there like like a human trafficking ring in this hotel? And why is this one bellboy not doing to tell someone? Again, I guess there's no police. They've been no. Uh, or he, you know, I guess he would have to call an ex and tell them that <laughs> oh that it God. involves a child because that's the only way to <laughs> to do anything here. Tell tell your manager. Do something. I. It's so weird, and it's it's just not funny. Like I. Nothing about it's funny. And it's also like, I think they, there's also a lot of like homophobic jokes in this movie because it's like, there's two men and they're in the same hotel room. And and then that gets kind of like lumped in with like two men in a hotel room. I guess like having an unconscious minor makes sense. Yeah. Then, you know, like it, it, it yeah. feels kind of lumped in with that kind of like gay panic humor. Exactly, and, which was a totally problematic thing that happened all the time, you know, yeah. way too so, often back then. And then on top of that, there's also this weird theme of like, <laughs> like devaluing, like, well, certainly like devaluing like male emotion because Robin Williams has is Robin Williams is like clinically depressed in this mm-hmm. movie, obviously. And then on top of that, like he cries a lot and mm-hmm. billy crystal their whole dynamic is billy crystal making fun of him for crying which is like a weird yeah <laughs> weird uh running gag and then there's also a scene where like uh robin williams they're driving somewhere like one of the first times they meet and robin williams is telling him about how he's unhappy and billy crystal's like what do you have to be unhappy about and then he tells him a story about how like basically his like drama teacher as a when he was a teenager like had sex with him mm-hmm. and he's basically telling him like the root of his like yeah <laughs> some kind of trauma that like as as informed the rest of his life and billy crystal's like well you're hooking up with your teeth i don't know why he sounds like seinfeld but he's just like sounds good <laughs> to me as like what no like why <laughs> this, yeah this movie I've... just like wades into like way deeper waters than it means to and then and it's and their solution to dealing with these issues is are the quips of Billy Crystal. And I don't know if that's enough. Yeah, no, I fa- I also stuff. found that really, really disturbing. Yeah. And the, yeah, it seems so weird that like the movie brings it up, but then doesn't do anything with it. Because I think half of this movie was like, well, we've got a script, but like when we get Billy and Robin in there, mm-hmm. all we're going to have to do is let the cameras roll. Yeah. And they, and comic gold will, will, will surface and it doesn't really happen like i'm sure that scene or i wouldn't be surprised if that scene was an improv and a lot of others feel like an improv and and they don't feel like great improvs no no yeah but so the boy eventually when the boy comes to when abe comes to him and robin williams almost seem like they're gonna bond but then he throws hot coffee on robin williams's crotch very funny and uh, and retreat. So they've lost him again. They also find out that he had a bunch of money because he's stolen some money from drug dealers 
which is uh, where one of the only like real bright spots of the movie comes in uh, because <laughs> he happens to steal money from Lane Price, Jared Harris. You know, before he got into advertising, he was doing selling drugs. You know, to think they must have had a scene together. Were they all at a, a party or something? Like, yeah, uh, probably. Jared, Jared Harris and the guy who played uh, Abe. Maybe. Must have been like that party at Don and Megan's apartment. Do you think they are like between takes? Do you think they are just like, hey, remember when I was that drug dealer chasing you around <laughs> Reno? You owe me $5,000. <laughs> Might. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I Okay. Let's talk about this for a minute. Because like this, the kid is, his whole thing is, because <laughs> again, Sugar Ray attracts the seediest. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, so like. And these drug dealers, it's like, a yeah, Jared Harris is like this kind of like cockney drug dealer who is way older than the rest of these high school students. But mm. he also like, he's also at all these places. So he's also like a Sugar Ray groupie. Like, this oh, he is... loves Sugar Ray. <laughs> but that's what's weird about this. It's like, these are just groupies. Like, he's not like, so why are they? I just don't understand the, like, I get that like high school kids want to follow them around, but like, why, why are these adult <laughs> drug dealers? Are they just big fans? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you know, Sugar Ray had a real following, the early stuff, before, you right. know, they sold out. But uh... but so we find out that the kid, Abe, stole or took $5,000. He was, like, working for Jared Harris. Jared Harris gave him $5,000 to make a, a purchase of drugs that he was supposed to bring back. He was, like, a middleman. Mm -hmm. And instead of buying the drugs, he just took the $5,000 to buy jewelry for his girlfriend who is clearly hooking up with Mark McGrath. Mm -hmm. And we've all been there and thought that would be a, like, what did he think was going to happen? Cause it's not like he, you know, ran off or the drug dealer was in another city. They're all following sugar Ray, like all roads <laughs> lead to sugar Ray. And so there's no escaping this guy. Like, I don't understand why he thought that that would work. He wasn't thinking that's the problem. Right. And also like, I, I side with the drug dealer here. Like, absolutely, they're, they're supposed to get be the money. villains. But, like, he gave him money for a job. Mm -hmm. And this, like, rich kid just stole it to buy jewelry for his girlfriend. Like, tell this movie from a different perspective. That kid is the villain. I mean, that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I can't. It's not like, you know, it's not like. Jared Harris has uh, just got the wrong idea about him or, you know, he, he did not, you know, fill his end of the deal here. That's true. Yeah. He does try to kill him. So that seems like a slight overreaction. But uh, I'm for the most part, I'm with Jared Harris. Also, you know, this movie is so comedically inert that it was <laughs> really hard to watch. And the only time that I laughed in this entire movie was when Jared Harris is, I think, confronting Abe, and he's like, nobody would be so stupid to steal money from drug dealers, not even Matt here. And then, you know, the guy playing Matt says, yeah, not even me. And that made me laugh. <laughs> okay. That was the only part of the movie that I thought was... I mean, they... Jared Harris and this random lackey have more chemistry and comedic timing together than Robin Williams and Billy Crystal, these it's comedy true. giants, which is a sad, <laughs> sad part of this movie. We also haven't talked about Bruce Greenwood, who is no, also we trying haven't. to follow them. And Bruce Greenwood, I don't know why we're supposed to hate him. Not, yeah, hate him because he just keeps... I, I mean, they treat him like, you know, like 
the yuppies and like Beethoven, which we yeah exactly, last time, or something where it's like, well, he's kind of rich and he doesn't seem especially nice, so we're gonna say put him in a porta potty that gets hit by a truck, so he mm. gets covered in shit. But he doesn't seem like that bad of a guy. In fact, he seems kind of nice and maybe just like going through something with his kid like it, yeah nothing that nothing happens that would make us be like oh that's kind of funny it just seems awful and <laughs> unpleasant yeah they're just torturing this man it's it's great yeah he has like he has movie bad luck like he he goes to look for his kid his uh tire breaks the spare is also flat he gets knocked he gets locked in this porta potty that gets knocked over the guy tries to tow it out it gets knocked over more it's like supernatural bad luck and there's no good reason for it it just makes me feel really bad for him like he's yeah you know he's trying his best he looks like ned flanders uh yeah it's just like the screenwriters were like oh there's a guy in this who's not billy crystal or robin williams we should have a scene where he's covered in diarrhea yeah but also, it never connects up with the other plot. Like, no. he doesn't run into Robin Williams and Billy Crystal until the end when they drop off the kid. Yeah, he just he just goes home after all that. Yeah. It's weird. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, you know, maybe they're, like, trying to weave a tapestry about fatherhood because at the end, the blue-collar guy gives him some, like, good fatherhood advice. He's like, don't be so stiff. And uh, but it, it just seems like... Unrelated. Oh. Hey, oh. don't worry about it. You got a winch right here. We're going to lift the whole thing just right up. This is hurry. I'm trying to help my son. Oh, my God. Is he in there, too? Bring him up. Nice and easy. I can help you. You got in there? Okay. Oh, God. Ooh. It's again. It's a movie called Father's Day, and the only father in the movie covered in poop and almost <laughs> that, breaks his neck. I mean, you're you're a dad. Is that the case? Does that happen? Well, an early yeah, with babies, sure. <laughs> By the time you're 16, though, that should be he should be it out should, of that phase. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, maybe maybe it's, this is like a metaphor. Maybe it's like supposed to his journey represents kind of like the uh, the the journey of fatherhood. I I think so. Yeah. So what else happens in this? Uh, oh, in this I don't thing? know. I think they eventually, you know, eventually the Jared Harris plot sort of comes in and the kid sort of runs away. Does he? What happens to him? Jared Harris? Well, this is weird, too, because they all the kind of big. We have, well, first of all, we haven't talked about Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who's Billy Crystal's wife. Who, yes. And again, this is feels like a missed opportunity because not only do we have Billy Crystal and Robin Williams, but we have, you know, an actress who has come to be deservedly recognized as one of the great comic actors of our time. Absolutely. SNL, Seinfeld, Veep. Yeah, she is amazing. I love Julie Louis-Dreyfus. And she does have a few funny scenes here, but mostly she's relegated to being like a a wife, the wife, basically. Yeah, the annoyed wife. Yeah. Who has to like hop on a plane and track Billy Crystal down because he just didn't explain what was going on, mm-hmm. and he also like he didn't want to tell her that he might have a son, but he also didn't lie to her, so he just calls her and says these cryptic things while Robin Williams yells in the background, so she's concerned, <laughs> obviously, so she's trying to follow them, and then and then they all meet up and. Uh, 
And then there's also the scene where, like, she's kind of mad at Billy Crystal because he kind of gives up on trying to find the kid. And she's like, well, we might want to have a kid one day. And it's like, you guys are <laughs> – Billy Crystal's, like, in his 50s. You're in your 40s. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, maybe she's not in her 40s. Maybe she's, like, in her mid to late 30s. But, I mean, I think Hollywood movies have a tendency to make it seem like – or or you know, tell stories where older actors are like, oh, yeah, maybe we'll have a baby one day. And, you know, you can certainly have a baby when you're older, uh, but it's not, like, a given. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's unrealistic to think that that would be, A, the first time they're having this conversation, and B, that, like, a component of that wouldn't be, like, you know, it might be harder the older we get. Mm-hmm. And like the end of this movie is literally them being like, "Oh, let's let's have a baby now." And it's like that. It's you know, it's it's a big, it's a big. I don't know. It, it, you guys it, aren't ready. You, didn't you pay attention to the movie? It's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, and so that's bad. But the whole yeah, the big climax is of course at a Sugar Ray concert. Absolutely. And Mel Gibson is there. Oh, just when you think this movie couldn't, couldn't be get more dated. Yeah. <laughs> Mel yeah, Gibson and he's like a tattoo line. artist and he's like he asks Billy Crystal whether he wants to get a tattoo of a swastika or something. Uh I don't oh, Jesus. Know. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. It is weird seeing him, right? <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It's well, it's one thing to like, you know, it's it is hard to watch him because he's such an horrible person, but like if you watch like a lethal weapon movie or something, you can at least, you know, you know, you can gear up for it. Yeah. If, if you want to. I understand why a lot of people wouldn't watch a Mel Gibson movie, but at least you would anticipate it. This was like, you know, he catches you off guard. Like it, I, when he showed up on screen, I think I went, ah. I support content warnings for movies featuring Mel Gibson cameos. Yeah, it was like a jump scare. Like he just turns <laughs> around and it was Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah, but then, so then, you know, what happened to Jared Harris? This I wanted to talk to you about, too, because the whole thing is he, Billy Crystal, teaches Robin Williams how to headbutt. Right, and, that's right. And they get into a headbutting fight and knock out uh, Jared Harris and his friend. And again, I feel bad for Jared Harris. Jared Harris is just trying to run a business here. Mm-hmm. Oh, he doesn't and need to be headbutt. There's also head-butted. a scene earlier where like the kid start, kind of starts to think that maybe these guys are cool. And part of the reason they let him know they're cool is they, like, tell them like oh yeah they like did drugs and stuff when they were kids too mm-hmm. and it's like okay so it's fun it's cool to do drugs when you're a kid but uh who, who's giving you the drugs drug yeah. dealers that's right a, a little respect for our drug dealers right right <laughs> give them give them what they deserve i mean money. they <laughs> they can't sell you their drugs if you steal all their money it's true but then okay so he headbutts they headbutt them, yeah. But there's no scene where like the drug dealers are like arrested and sent to prison for like a long time. Like they're they're unless Billy Crystal and Robin Williams have killed them. It was a fatal heads, headbutt. Yeah. It may have been, but unless that happened, like they're still out there. They know the son's name. Still, still mad about the five thousand yeah. dollars. Now they have a headache. Presumably, they could either find him or there will be another Sugar Ray tour. <laughs> you know there will be. The Fly Tour, <laughs> yeah. 1998. So I'm just saying, like, this is not, like, they, they act like it's a big happy ending, but those drug dealers are, are going to murder that kid. Mm-hmm. Whenever... Yeah, it seems, it seems unresolved. 
That's why I was confused. It seems like there should be a greater confrontation. But yeah, the, the climax of the movie is just that they headbutt a bunch of kids at a Sugar Ray concert to <laughs> the tune of that Mighty Mighty Botstones song. Yeah, that's the other thing. I I could be wrong because I don't know a lot about Sugar Ray, but it seemed to me like there were no Sugar Ray songs on the soundtrack. Apart from the actual oh, no. scenes where you see them playing, they, they, they filled the soundtrack with other bands from the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, nobody wants to hear Sugar Ray. That's, yeah. They're in there enough. Though, I mean, to be fair, I feel like when they play the Sugar Ray song, it's not a, it's not like a live performance or anything. It's It feels like they're, like, miming to, like, the studio track. Oh, totally, you know? yeah. It's, it's so weird. Because also, like, at the concert, the security guy, like, throws Robin Williams off stage because he jumps on stage and does some lame dancing because it's a dumb Hollywood movie. And he says, like... You want them? As if, like, people can hear anything you say that isn't mic'd at a concert. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, and then there's the scene where you, if it was a, a movie in the 90s about grown-ups not getting kids, you need a scene where they get freaked out crowd surfing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Which also happened in, like, uh, the Ghostbusters reboot. Oh, really? You yeah, remember that? Right. I do not. Which was like, which I, you know, I like more than most people, I think, that movie in general. But that scene where, like, they go to, like, a rock show and, like, there's, like, crowd surfing jokes felt yeah, felt like it was pulled from 1997. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, wrapping everything up, Robin Williams, they get the kid, they bring him home, and they deliver him. And then, you know, the kid... The parents, Natasha Kinski, is going to, like, you know, tell Robin Williams and Billy Crystal that neither of them are the father. That is, in, it is, in fact, Bruce Greenwood. He was the father the whole time, but instead, Abe wants, <laughs> his name's not Abe, Scotty <laughs> wants to tell them himself, and he tells them that they both are the father. He lies to them. Mm. And so it's like, oh, like, you know, maybe he wants to, like, he wants to like keep a, a relationship with them. He wants to like give them this this happiness. But and Billy that's Crystal, why he, that's why he never got that job at the Maury Povich show. <laughs> you can't, yeah. can't can't be telling everyone they're the father. No, no, no. But Billy Crystal knows that he was lying, and that's what tell that's what convinces him that he wants to become a dad. And, uh, that's his sure. growth, his journey, and uh, that's it. And uh, the other thing that annoyed me about Billy Crystal is when we see his house, he has oh, like this huge. big bookshelf and it's all it's all baseball caps. Yeah, I saw that. Presumably because reading isn't for real men. That That's, I think, what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, that was weird. Yeah. And that's Father's Day. And then Robin Williams drives off. And, and oh, like, yeah. Meets, meets a woman because we can't like it's not enough that he like, you know feels more emotionally fulfilled by, you know, a connection with, uh, with yeah, Katie yeah. thinks it's, it's his son. Uh, yeah, he has to, he has, he to, has be... to get laid too. <laughs> any, anytime you see a woman in distress, at least, you know, in 1997, it was an opportunity to deceive her into sleeping with you. <laughs> that was the, uh, I think that's the moral. Yeah. Cause doesn't he say he's like a doctor or something? I don't know. Did he? He has, I don't he has like he has like the fancy car. Yeah, he has that... Billy Crystal's car, and then yeah, he definitely makes it seem like it's his car. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's the note we're left on. Mm. Maybe he he will be a real father, you know, after that encounter. Who knows? Mm. Nope. Nope. I hope not. 
Yeah. And that's Father's Day. So we'll be back after this brief break with uh, behind the scenes and the trivia. Oh. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Rewatchability. We are talking about Father's Day and Jam. I have some trivia questions for you. Don't right. disappoint me, boy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dad. <laughs> okay, so this one this one's uh this one's a tough one. Which two thousand and two movie also featured an appearance by Sugar Ray? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I'm trying to think. I was uh, I was following their tour bus that year. Yeah, uh, where did they stop? Two thousand two. Oh, hmm. I remember. I, maybe this was Smash Mouth. Wasn't there a, a band like that at the end of Rat Race? Do you remember that movie? I think that might have been Smash Mouth. I think we we have to do that movie on the podcast at some point cause, because of Smash Mouth. I, it's just funny to think that. The big climax of that was at a Smash Mouth concert. I think it's amazing how much Smash Mouth has contributed to cinema. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean... And COVID. And COVID. Oh, my God, yeah. 2002, it features, like, the band? The band is in it, yeah. And Mark <sighs> McGrath has, like, a... Not so much a, a scene, but he is, he is featured and interacts with uh, some of the characters. Interesting. From Justin to Kelly. That's... So close, but not quite. It is, in fact, the 2002 Scooby-Doo movie. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah. He, I did uh, see that, yeah. I don't, I don't remember them specifically. Well, the band, they're, you know, they're fully out of their punk phase and just doing their watered-down ska music stuff or whatever it is. And um, he, he has, like, this weird interaction with Sarah Michelle Gellar while he's singing the song, and he just, they sort of, like... I don't know. It's creepy. Oh. Um, watch the scene. Um, or don't, because it's, it's bad. Well, at least uh, Daphne's an adult in that, isn't she? That's right, yeah. That's, Abs- that's, that's a step up from Father's Day, at least. It does have that going for it, yes. You know, uh, the only thing I think of when I think about Mark McGrath, which I don't do very often, but no? uh, the, the most recent thing I saw him in was years ago, but it was like... VH1 had a special, like, the most shocking moments in rock history. Oh. Do you remember that? And it was like I a, don't think I saw that one. It was like a good show, and he was the host, and they counted down, and there was, you know, like... Johnny um, Rotten, like, saying fuck to that guy on Probably. TV. And also, like, you know, like, Ozzy, like, biting yeah. the head off the bat and stuff like that. A lot of them were, like, fun things, but then when it got to, like, the top five, like, they got dark and right. like number one because it was supposed to be shocking so number one was like mark david chapman killing john lennon oh my god and then but then they had they cut from that to like 
Mark McGrath wrapping it up. And his wrap up was like, we want to thank all the people who made rock and roll shocking. And it's like, what, you want to, you're thanking Mark David Chapman? Like what? That's so fucked. <laughs> it, was, it was just so tone deaf. Like clearly they, they filmed it, you know, out of sequence, but uh, it was just, that's what I think about Mark McGrath. That's hilarious. Yeah. He, he has had like, uh, a, he had a career at least as a TV host. I think he might've, uh, tried to refocus on music but uh, he was like the host of extra for a long time or a host of extra oh really yeah mm. i also remember him on rock and roll jeopardy beating dave mustaine from megadeth i think he was like the the celebrity rock and roll jeopardy champion oh really okay yeah yeah and i think that was the sort of the seed of his uh you know television career but uh enough about sugar ray mm. enough <laughs> I think it's enough. <laughs> okay, so this movie, believe it or not, was based off a French film. Ooh right. la la. Uh, <laughs> directed by uh, Francis Vabar. I presume it's pronounced. And um, he's directed many French films and uh, written many French films. And there's actually a whole bunch of his movies that have been adapted to uh, adapted by Hollywood. Can you name... Three. Oh, of the American ones? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the Birdcage? Mm-hmm. Also you, featuring that, Robin right? Williams. That's right. Man, I haven't seen that movie since it came out, but I remember really liking that one. I think it's a good movie. I think I saw it not super, super long ago. But, yeah, I think that's the best one, because if I'm thinking of the right guy, he did a lot of movies in France that were adapted into American films that were not great American films. Mm -hmm. Well, he did, he did the uh, super racist uh, Richard Pryor movie, the toy that was based on one of his, right? Yep. Yep. Dinner for schmucks. Yep. The uh, Steve Carell, which was a movie. I, I saw the dinner game and thought it was hilarious when I was a kid. Oh um, Yeah. Yeah, I remember thinking that was so funny. And yeah, Dinner for Schmucks was was not good. What's there isn't a are there only four? There's actually a lot of them, but some of them are older. Okay, wait. Uh, okay, so there's more than four. Uh Dinner for Schmucks, The Birdcage, Toy, um I guess you've got three. Those wait, wait, three. no no no. I I've got I, oh uh Three Fugitives? Yes. Okay. Did he do My Father the Hero? He did not do... He wrote the script, but he didn't do the original French movie. Oh, really? That's weird. Yeah. Because I was trying to think of... Because I know Gerard Depardieu was in the original of this. That's correct, yeah. Okay, what were the others? More like Gerard Depardieu don't, am I right? <laughs> He's a bad man. Um, the others were Pure Luck, which features, I think, Martin Short and Danny Glover. Oh, the Man with One Red Shoe, which is oh, Tom yeah. Hanks. I never saw that. I haven't seen it either. And Buddy Buddy, which was the last film, I think, of Billy Wilder. And also featured Natasha Kinski's dad, Klaus, mm. Father's Day. but Comedy legend. <laughs> comedy legend. But he, he, he refuses to acknowledge that it exists. Or at least he did. Oh. So, well, yeah, that I was just listening to someone talk about that movie on a podcast, actually. I've never seen it, but it doesn't sound very good. 
No, me neither. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those Mathau Jack Lemon team up comedies. And actually, the interesting thing is that it has one of the same criticisms about it that this movie has, which is that they cast Walter Matthau as like this tough guy. He plays like a hitman. And they're like, well, they should have gotten somebody like Clint Eastwood or like, you know, like somebody who is like, you know, can actually play that part. So it seems like they're always miscasting this guy's movies. Right. But yeah, a lot of a lot of adaptations. Many of them do not seem that great. But I would I would watch The Birdcage again. I think that would be a good one. Yeah. And also featuring Robin Williams, of course. I think it came out just before this as well. That sounds right. So it was like, you know, it kind of seems like Ivan Reitman was just riding the uh, French play train with Robin Williams all the way to (laughs) Money Town. (laughs) Okay, so this third question is really tough. I don't expect you to get it, but uh, I found it interesting, so I thought I'd bring it up. So which cast member was... At one point, in a band with Brittany Murphy. Whoa. They were called Blessed with Soul. That is tough. Uh, I don't think Dana Gould was in a band with Brittany Murphy, but we didn't, nope. mention, we didn't mention that he shows up as a, as a waiter at one point. Yeah, I didn't. I I saw his name in the credits, but I didn't notice him. So he was like the one uh, who brought the the tray into the hotel room before mm. Robin Williams uh, gets his penis burned by coffee. Right. Very funny scene. <laughs> Classic. Brittany Murphy. Uh... This is hard. Uh... Yeah, it's too is obscure. It, is it one of the musicians? It's not like Mark McGrath or something. It's an actor, no, right? No, no. It's one of the younger cast members. It's not Billy Crystal, believe it or not. I'm going to say the actress who plays Nikki. You're right. Okay. I yeah, don't know her, her name. name. Well, I'll tell you. Her name okay. is Haley Johnson. And, yeah, she was in this band. I guess they were her, Brittany Murphy, and a couple other guys were in something called maybe Kids Incorporated. Which is some maybe like a Disney show or something? I don't remember uh, what it said, but then they had this band. Are you thinking uh, of Monsters Incorporated? <laughs> <laughs> now it's Billy Crystal again. And kids can be monsters. Kids so can definitely be monsters. Yeah, and I watched uh, I watched one of their performances, and it's very like New Kids on the Block uh, style, you know, like pop with like a little bit of like you know young white kids rapping and doing like dance moves. It's fun. Great. Yeah. <laughs> So this movie, like I said, was a remake of a French film. It is called Les Compères, which is a it's a it's a pun in French because pair is the French word for for dad, right? Mm. So, but in the English in English they call it the calm dads, which doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how they expected anybody to see that movie. Well, it makes more sense than Father's Day because, again, not about fathers. That's, yeah. They that's... should have called it Sugar Ray Month. <laughs> the Sugar Ray get a whole month? <laughs> well, they're following him around for the whole tour. That's true, yeah. So it was, as you saw, Gerard Depardieu is the uh, Billy Crystal character. And in the original French movie, he's a journalist. So I think that like makes a little bit more sense maybe with the 
you know, the what? mom asking yeah. him to help because at least he has some research skills. He's like the Billy Crystal part. Yeah. That does make more sense. Yeah. And yeah, also yeah. he's like, a, he's a big guy. So it makes more sense that he would be physically intimidating. Well, which... I can also picture Gerard Depardieu assaulting somebody very easily. So like, it, yeah. Probably it's... because that's happened like a bunch of times. Yeah. You know, it's it's definitely more in his character. Yeah, like like you said, also Robin Williams and Billy Crystal promoted this movie by appearing in Friends. I don't know if it came up during the Friends reunion. Did you watch that? I watched half of it, and then I stopped. Did you watch Friends? Were you like a Friends friend? I've watched it all, but I'm not. I wouldn't call myself a fan. I mean, okay. it I, it was it was on, and I watched it, and I've seen it since. I mean. Yeah, I mean, we could probably do a whole episode about Friends, right? Do you, do you remember, like, what the appearances were? I do kind of... I think it was it was just, like, a brief thing. I should have looked it up before this, but it was just, like, a brief scene. <laughs> Come and, see Father's Day in theaters May 7th. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But they, were, they weren't playing themselves. I think they were just in, like, the coffee shop or something, and I think Robin Williams was doing, like, some kind of vague foreign accent and billy crystal mm. was like you know explaining him to the friends or something and then they left and everyone applauded it was one of those kind of things it was very brief it wasn't like uh uh you know they weren't part of like the episode's story mm. disappointing disappointing this movie was not a success i mean pretty much <laughs> Everybody disliked this movie. It was like a huge flop, which I think is part of the reason why nobody remembers it. Everybody Probably because it came have... out in fucking May. What were they thinking? <laughs> I don't think that they could release it at any time and have it be successful. I mean, it's just so... It just doesn't work on on any level. It wasn't well-received. It got bad reviews. Julia Louis-Dreyfus was... I think she was either nominated or she won a Razzie for her performance. What? Which, I know, seems like so, like, I don't know, like, missing the missing the whole point. I mean, obviously, like, she's cast in this thankless role, like so many, yeah. like, funny women are, and not given the chance to, like, actually do what she's good at. It, she sort of reminds me of uh, Sarah Silverman in School of Rock. Like, you see this person, you're like, oh, yeah. Here's this hilarious person. Let the laughter begin. And then they're just like, you know, a stern, angry wife for the whole movie. Right, yeah. It's it's casting, like, one of the funniest actors around as someone whose job is to be the buzzkill. It's, yeah. It's the person who's, com- who's coming in to, to cease the antics. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's. It's dumb. I mean, she, I, again, like I thought I she said, was okay. She's you know? great. I mean, I, I, it's a terrible role and it's super underwritten, but like she, she does find funny things to do even within that. Like there's the part where like before he knows that she's uh, Billy Crystal's wife, like Robin Williams meets her in an airport and hits on her. And the way she responds to like him reading her poetry as she's walking away, <laughs> I thought was yeah. really funny. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, she's really good. So, so yeah, the Razzies are stupid. I I think I'm against them. I think it's time to wrap up the Razzies, you know? I don't know if they have, like, a good use anymore. It just kind of seems mean-spirited. They Yeah, they never did. They're, yeah, they're just a really, yeah, it's mean-spirited. It's 
you know, it's it wildly, you know, inaccurate a lot of the time. Didn't they, they give, didn't they give Shelley Duvall an award for The Shining? Oh, probably. Like, it's crazy know. that they've been around for that long as well. Yeah, it's it's stupid. But yeah, I mean, this movie does feature uh, some of Ivan Reitman's kids. Did you did you see? Of course, little... it does. <laughs> yeah, did you see uh, little uh, little Jason in in there? I saw his name in the credits. I he was him. he was the boy, the other drunk boy in the alley that Robin Williams initially mistakes for Scott. Oh, and so he's like shaking uh, shaking him, and then. As he uh, realizes it's not the right kid, he says, call your father, which is like kind of clever meta because, mm. you know, call call Ivan. I mean, presumably he's behind the camera. <laughs> he's got a career for you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> He'll make you a star. Uh, and it was actually, this is the last of Jason Reitman's appearances in his dad's film. I think he was finally like, dad, I'm like. You know, I'm 16. You know, I'm tired of showing up in your movies. I'm, I want to direct my own movies. You know, I I do like, kind of like Jason Reitman. Just like he seems like a nice guy. I but I do, I like him. I do think it's weird that he's doing Ghostbusters. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how I, I. You know, I would love it to be a great movie. I would love it to be great. I don't think it will be. Um, but uh, it just I don't I, know. It just bothers me when it's like you get a thing. Because your dad. Yeah, it That's bothers why, me too. Also, bo- like, why remake your, like, dad's best movie? Do him a favor, remake a shitty movie like Father's Day. Father's Day, <laughs> Afterlife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, yeah, he's made some some good movies. I love uh, Young Adult. Yeah, me too. I love that movie as well. That's, I think, one of my... Like, I wouldn't say it's, like, one of my favorite movies, but when I think about, like, movies that stick out to me, that is one of them. Just because, yeah. like, the characters are so are so interesting. And, yeah, all the movies that he does with Diablo Cody uh, are great. And that partnership is great. And he also, like, produces a lot of movies of, Diab- of Diablo Cody and other people. So I think he's a, I think he's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, I'm sure he's a good guy. Yeah. Um, but... And also his... Ivan Reitman's daughter is in this movie, uh, Catherine Reitman from the show Working Moms. I'm going to correct you right there. I, I believe it's Working Moms. Oh, shoot. Sorry. Uh, yeah, she's just in there somewhere. I can't remember what she does, but you know, yeah, okay. they're all there. It's a family affair. It's all the Reitmans. All the Reitmans. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that's, all I have about this movie, there hasn't been a lot written about this movie since it came out. There's no oral history. It hasn't been reconsidered by like BuzzFeed or anything. <laughs> it's just uh, we're the only ones talking about it. And uh, so I guess it's only our opinions about this movie that matter. Oh, well, so, you know, I, I do like doing movies like that where it's it's, you know, it's it's the kind of I, I love these movies that were like important movies at the time or like, you know, certainly like a memorable one. Like I, I, I don't have fond memories of it, but I remember it being a, a distinct movie experience at the time and being something that people were talking about in advance of it coming out. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I like going back and looking at those, those movies that haven't necessarily been, uh, 
been analyzed or or dissected or absolutely or reexamined um and mm-hmm. uh and there is a good reason for that and it's not it's not a very good movie no it's also like i i do think it's i mean they make jokes about it but just these movies where it's like adults know better than kids so the adults are going to come in and right i don't know like there's there's never any suggestion that like I mean, the the kid is is almost ridiculously in trouble, mm-hmm. based on the fact that he just left to <laughs> to follow a shitty rock band. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's they his parents freak out to the point of this elaborate con <laughs> involving the two uh, potential dads. Like they they have no reason to to suspect that he is in trouble and has stolen money from drug dealers. Like as far as they know, he is just going to concerts with all of his friends. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like I said, it's basically a class trip. Uh, So the fact that he turns out to actually be like in danger is uh, just a complete coincidence. So it does kind of reinforce, like there's never a suggestion. No one at any point suggests like, Hey, literally all of his friends are doing this. (laughs) <laughs> he's fine. He's he's rich. They're staying at nice hotels. Like he's not like, you know, on the street somewhere. Like he's he's in a, like a fancy hotel with uh a rock band no one likes uh, except in the movies. Yeah. So I yeah, I don't know. There's this like weird like yeah, parental authority kind of streak uh that that gets reinforced by the twist that he ripped off drug dealers. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I I have to say I don't really think it's rewatchable. Not that I loved it to begin with, but um, yeah, not good and not a good Father's Day movie because it's no. really not about fatherhood. I mean, that's not you know, <laughs> fatherhood is is not you know finding out you had a kid. 20 years ago and you didn't know it and you for some of us it is oh okay well i mean it could i could be like i i guess like maybe the idea is like oh they they become fathers through this new relationship that they're going to continue past mm-hmm. this point which is 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 nice i guess that kid's never calling them but it's also like they don't even have that many scenes with the kids so you don't even really feel like oh they're becoming fathers to this kid because they barely see him in this movie they barely interact with him and Billy when... Crystal doesn't seem to like him no he doesn't and for good reason he's an annoying kid he is yeah. super annoying he's this rich kid who's like ripping off like I, those I'm glad Peggy left him uh, me too I'm glad she stabbed him didn't she stab him at one point oh maybe <laughs> wasn't that him yeah Oh shit! Uh, but yeah, I like at least make the kid likable. If we're gonna, if we're gonna yeah. see this movie, you know, if we're gonna come to the resolution where these these guys are gonna want to be part of this kid's life, and Billy Crystal's gonna want to have kids as a result of this, like make this a meaningful relationship. Like it doesn't feel like anything. No, uh, and even the bond between Billy Crystal and Robin Williams doesn't. It's they're still. It, Billy Crystal at the end of the movie is still making fun of him for crying. Yeah. They don't I, become friends. They kind kind of? Uh, I don't know. It's stupid. What would you say would be a better Father's Day movie? I mean, there are so many movies that are about, like, dads. I mean, I remember, I remember really 
being affected by big fish when I saw it. And now I think, you know, my older self probably thinks that it's probably it is probably a bit maudlin. But uh, yeah, Albert Finney, you know, uh-huh. and then the fish thing happens. It's stupid, but I got a little bit a uh, little bit misty. Uh, what about you? I didn't like it. No, I I didn't think so. I didn't cry because I'm, I'm a real man like Billy Crystal. <laughs> no, I don't know. Field of Dreams, that's a good one. Yeah, doesn't do it for me. Really? No, it's okay. <laughs> Frequency, remember we talked about that one? It oh, has yeah. a father's theme. Um, I mean, so many movies are like about, you know, dads. Backdraft, yeah. dads. Yeah. Or like trying to please your father or like, you know, trying to get out from under his shadow or whatever. Mm-hmm. Taking over yeah. the rock that he used to be the king of after he gets <laughs> trampled in a stampede. Yeah. That's that's my favorite Father's Day movie to watch with my dad, you know. <laughs> you know, I you know, I watched that movie recently with my kids and uh I'd kind of forgotten that like it seems like Simba kind of maybe we talked about this when we did it on the podcast, but like Simba kind of karmically causes his father's death or like some mm-hmm. weird like cosmic things happen because he sings a whole song about how he wants to be king, and then like the next day his dad is kid and it, killed and he technically becomes king. Yeah, that's that's effed up. Yeah, but uh, I mean, kids, you know, childhood is all full of that sort of stuff. Like, do you remember like the 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 rhyme like about sidewalks like step on a crack break your mother's back step oh, on yeah. a line break your father's spine Jesus I have never stepped on a line or a crack <laughs> and presumably it's the only reason why my parents are not paralyzed <laughs> but uh, yeah I mean for me I wanted to give this movie a chance but it's just desperately unfunny there's nothing that works in this movie there's nothing that makes me feel like any joy in this movie it's so miserable and yeah there's like they try to have like those they try to manufacture those moments of joy like there's the there's the moment where they're all dancing to Sly and the Family Stone at the uh, at the outdoor restaurant, but they just feel so fake, you know, and so contrived. Yeah, and yeah, like it was, I don't know, it was disappointing to see Robin Williams in like a less than stellar performance. Like it seems like it seems like these guys don't even like each other as real people. Like I don't know if they got along or not. I just like they have no chemistry together. You know, you think that they should be able to like riff off each other or or something but there's nothing there yeah and yeah i mean the other things about the movie like the the premise is absurd i don't know why natasha kinski doesn't just go look for her kid you I know? know she's at home the entire time like <laughs> it, it, is she yeah. not allowed to leave the kitchen what's <laughs> happening you know like and yeah bruce greenwood yeah they don't Again, like they could have just called a friend to help. It doesn't make any sense. Like Billy Crystal and Robin Williams just find him by being inquisitive. It it makes no sense. Also, like poor Bruce Greenwood, he gets like the worst of this movie. Like first, like his wife randomly tells two of her exes that his kid is theirs, which he overhears, and he's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, she doesn't tell him. 
<laughs> and then all this like terrible shit happens to him, literally. And yeah, he like finally gets his kid back, but uh, like he doesn't seem to have any sort of. I mean. At this point, I would be like, oh, by the way, Natasha, the divorce is, uh, you know, the the papers will be coming in the morning. Like, (laughs) how do you stay with somebody after she, like, tells two of her exes that your son is theirs? That's like, that's a that's a deal breaker for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's weird to see him playing like such like like a simp, you know, like because Bruce. Greenwood, I mean, he's he's sort of like a go-getter, you know. I mean, he doesn't leave the Pacific Northwest, but, you know, within that area, he will, He you know, he has a little bit of spirit, usually. It's okay. He's, instead of a divorce, he's plotting to frame her for his own murder. <laughs> Can you imagine if, like, that was, like, the uh, reason for, like, double jeopardy? It's yeah. like, well... <laughs> you know, it doesn't excuse it, but I... I sort of see I sort of see why now. Did not like it. Not rewatchable this one. No. Yeah, and that's that's Father's Day. Uh what a disappointment. Mm. Which is fitting uh, for the theme of Father's Day, disappointing. That's people. true. Yeah. And uh, that's rewatchability for this week. <laughs> you can find us on all of the things. We're on Apple Podcasts where you can rate us and review us. We're on Twitter if you want to tweet at us and Facebook. You can email us if you'd like to recommend a movie for us to rewatch. Maybe a better Father's Day movie for next year. We're at rewatchability at gmail.com. You can also go to our website and do the speak pipe thing. If you'd like to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash rewatchability. <laughs> We also have uh, the Tea Public store if you'd like a T-shirt, and yeah, that's all the things, right? Yeah, yeah, do do one of those if you want. Sure, you know, live your live your life. Makes a great Father's Day present. It's too late for that. 